0: One of my favorites, too, is, of course, media, like television shows. Ugh! You
1: don't want to base your expectations of marriage off of media and TV shows and movies. That That's just going to get you in trouble.
0: Wait a minute. You, you're telling me that every conflict can't be resolved in 55 minutes with commercials?
1: Shockingly not, especially those legal dramas, right? It's like, hey, the, that series Sex and the City, so amusing, but you don't want to live into that. Away from driving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Driving Marriage podcast with Ryan and Jennifer Hartley. All right, so we're back in the studio and uh, ha- having a great day. How you doing today, sweetie? Hey, things are going well.
0: Things are going well. How about you?
1: Yeah, d- doing all right over here. I I, I think that uh, just just kind of work wise and uh, otherwise, we're kind of rolling into the Christmas season and just trying to make sure that we're d- getting all the things done uh, so that uh, we're, we're able to uh, in, enjoy some of these festivities and uh, keep some of these holiday traditions that we have as as a family and and into the greater community here.
0: That kind of fits in well with our topic today, right? With unexpectations, because with two kids and Christmas coming up, plus a birthday coming up. We've got a lot of a expectations. Birthday? We
1: got two birthdays, my friends. So. Well, only one that matters. Oh, well, <laughs> we, we got your birthday and Brenda's birthday. Yeah, but mine's and, the only one that matters. Oh, so. I, I thought we were saying that Jesus was the only one that matters, <laughs> but you know, we'll just kind of roll about that one. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the the expectations are a are big thing that are, uh, that's important to manage because it, it just seems like Every disagreement, every time someone's feelings are hurt, uh, every time there's uh, some relational issues that's going to be because expectations were met. And
0: but that's uh, kind of your job too, right? I mean, as a lawyer, isn't a big part of your job just managing people's expectations?
1: I, I think it's forever managing expectations because uh, sometimes people come to me and it's, it, it, the idea is, uh, you know, you're you're the overpaid janitor who's going to be cleaning up the big mess that <laughs> happened. And I'm happy to come in and help uh, clients as I'm able to do. But sometimes people do have big gaps in expectations just as to what the law would uh, provide for them and, and what is actually going to be happening. So it, it, it's really important for me to get in there and, and let them know what, what their legal rights are and. And what their responsibilities are uh, by law. And just kind of see what we can do to uh, figure things out. Because I always tell people anytime that there's going to be a legal dispute, nobody's getting a pony. That that's just not happening. I and
0: mean, you've talked about this before with estate plans that you've drawn up too. Just letting people. Reasonable expectations of what they can put in their estate plan. You cannot say that Sister Sally will feed my turtle two worms every day at three o'clock. There's limits to what they can even put in their documentation. And then obviously, we have this idea of what is right or what is wrong or what we should or shouldn't be able to do. But the law is written by lawyers and legislators, and it doesn't really take into account my personal feelings about it.
1: N- no doubt about it. And, and side note too, if uh, he- here's your free legal advice for the day, which is uh, just as far as uh, personal property, like if you want to leave uh, jewelry or, or other personal effects to somebody and uh, you're not using it now, give it to them now so you can see them enjoy it during their lifetime because I, I see that tangible personal property like the jewelry, you pass away and it disappears because somebody took it.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. And so, yeah, and they were expecting to get one thing, and like you said, and pay attention to this as you're listening because I think this is really important. Every fight you've ever had in your marriage started because of an unmet expectation. Ooh, isn't that the truth? Everything we argue about, I mean, it's an expectation. And then we talk to these young couples that are getting ready to be married, and they're they're all, uh, I have no expectations. They just go with the flow, or It's communicate in some way that if I expect something, it's bad. If I if I expect you to do this or that that expectation is wrong. I shouldn't expect anything of you and I should just be happy with whatever you bring to the marriage and whatever's going on. That doesn't really make sense though, does it?
1: That's just not how a marriage can run. That That's not how a society can run either because you, just for traffic rules, you have to have the expectation that people are going to follow the rules and stay on their side of the street or else there's chaos. And I think that's certainly the same in uh, the marriage relationship or any other relationship too.
0: Yeah, expectations in and of themselves aren't bad. It's not bad to expect Expect your spouse to be faithful. It's not bad to expect that the house will be clean. It's well, not... it
1: depends on the day, but no, I, well. <laughs> I, I hear you. We want to, <laughs> you know, we, we want to have a, a certain level of, of uh, cleanliness and kind of schedule for for uh, cleaning things up.
0: Yeah, and also, I mean, just from from the Christian perspective, God expects a lot of us. You know, it's not just okay. I believe in you, God, and I can do whatever I want you look through scripture, I mean, Paul in those letters is laying out, these are my expectations because these are God's expectations. And the big one, of course, is Jesus said um, that if we loved him, we would follow his commands, that we would do what he said. And God says to us in Leviticus, be holy as I am holy. And it's, it's not just, that's not just made up, that's a pretty high expectation.
1: Well, it's a high expectation, but I I mean, talk about rights and responsibilities that we we had talked about a little bit before, because um, when you do enter into God's family, you have significant rights and significant benefits. But God, just like the best father in the world, because he is, is going to have some significant expectations of us just as to the the roles that we're going to fill and in the things that are required of us. And of course, coming into the family uh, ha- has to happen before all of these rules can attach. You can't try to conquer the rules and then enter the family. You, you need to accept Christ's gift to us to enter that family.
0: Right. I mean, God expects us to grow in Christ likeness. And that's why we're here to learn to live that kingdom living, but in marriage, like we talked about, every fight comes from an unmet expectation. And unmet expectations, there's a few common reasons that the expectation would be unmet. And in the book, we call these unexpectations. And one is unvoiced expectations, just aren't communicated, unshared presumed norms, and then unreasonable expectations. Uh oh. Talk a little bit about unvoiced expectations. What is When we talk about that in the book or we talk about unmet expectations, unvoiced, how does that fit in.
1: Oh, and I I think that that's just such a tough thing because it's a lot of assumptions there because those unvoiced expectations are those expectations that just aren't communicated. And someone in the marriage, one spouse can be upset or offended that uh, the other spouse is handling, say, spending or habits or going out with friends or whatever the case may be in a certain way, but that other spouse expects it to be a different way. Nothing was voiced. And, and communicated to to the other spouse. So the other spouse thinks everything's coming up roses and good to go, but the other spouse that had the other expectations doesn't feel that way. And that can lead to a lot of conflict, especially if it's not communicated and discussed.
0: Communication, again, it just seems like a lot of this ends up coming just back to communication. We have to talk about it.
1: Oh, that's the truth.
0: And I think that's a big thing too, is when you're looking at something and what you expected to happen didn't happen. I think that's the first stop. Is did I even say anything? Did I tell? So did I tell my spouse this is what I expected to happen? I think that that's a huge thing. Um,
1: and I think when when approaching
0: a, a spouse
1: about that, it, it's just kind of like goodness. I I thought that something else completely different was going to happen, and, and this other thing happened. So I don't think that that confrontation, if you will, should come from a place of I know best or my way is the best or the only way to do it. It's just, wow, I, I had a completely different expectation and understanding of what was going to happen.
0: Right. That team marriage concept we're always talking about, presume goodwill, mm-hmm. presume that they didn't intend for you to upset you or hurt you, presume that they want the marriage to be successful because they do, just didn't know about it. That's it. And we also talk about unshared expectations. These expectations are presumed norms things that are, aren't the same though. I presume that this is the way the world works. And some of the places we get these from, I mean, our family of origin is huge, right? We learn first what a marriage looks like by watching our parents' marriage, or we learn what we want or don't want, depending on how we view our parents' marriage expectations for marriage first come from the first marriage we see, or if we come from a family where it's a single parent, it's the relationship that that single parent has, if any, with other romantic partners. It's like you see a boyfriend or a girlfriend come home, things like that. We learn what people should or should not do we presume, based on what we watch when we're well, children.
1: Well, it's a, sure, it's like that. that's um, the family of origin that you're coming out of just has such a substantial impact on you, whether you know it or not, whether you want it to or not, um, because it, it is um, modeling how you would just think every household would be. And I think a lot of times people getting into maybe their teens, they c- they can see that there can be some uh, differences. But of course, you're going to assume that's how everybody gra- grows up, right?
0: Yeah, because you don't know any better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's always the problem with cross-cultural mission stuff as well, right? We think that everyone has the same value system as we do here in America because we haven't experienced it otherwise. I, that's one of the things I'm grateful for growing up as an army brat is I got to travel and see things and learn, oh, wait a minute. What we value here in America is different from what they value in other countries. And the same is so true with family of origin. I mean, your family growing up was so different from mine. You guys pretty much stayed in Michigan except for that brief stint in Tennessee and just kind of lived in the the suburbs of Detroit where I had the expectations every three or four years we were moving. And even like when we first got married, we were living in that condo. And after three years, I'm like, man, we've lived here a long time. And it's time to move because I was so used to moving around so much.
1: Oh, certainly. But, it, but I think that um, societies, different cultures, different countries, what your nationality is, that, that's always going to have a substantial uh, impact. And sometimes it can be hilarious because everybody identifies with uh, the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding and just plug in whatever cultural kind of family that, that you'd be coming out of into that just because there, there's always something that's going to be different from mainstream America and that's okay. But just try to understand what the differences are.
0: I guess the big thing about that too is every marriage and extent is my big fat Greek wedding, right? Sure. Because I mean it's very obvious when you have the typical middle class American guy marrying into this proud Greek family with that significantly different experience than that typical middle class American. But even I'm getting
1: out my Windex right now, Brian.
0: <laughs> but even if you are if you come from the same town, you still have it's still just as different. It's just not as obviously different because it's easier to presume if you both come from the same socioeconomic background that you live the same. We went to the same high school or similar high schools in the same town. We went to the same college, things like that. We can think that there's more in common than there really is.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. And I think you you saw that a little bit on, um, you maybe you didn't, Brian, but on the Gilmore Girls. No, I did not see Did not see that on the Gilmore Girls, just the idea of uh, Rory's best friend's family is a Christian Korean family and her mom wanted her to marry a Christian guy who was Korean. So even in that situation, the families themselves are going to be different.
0: And another place we get unshared expectations about marriage, those from our friends, you know, people talk about marriage and it starts when you're, I mean, for some of us, it starts when we're in middle school or high school, this idea of what it's going to be like to be married and be adults and we dream and stuff. And then as an adult, um, single, your are meeting friends or even married and you talk about talk to your friends about their marriages there's a lot of expectations that can come just from friends saying oh this is how it ought to be this is how it should be or this is how my marriage is and oh it's so wonderful or it's so awful depending on their experience
1: oh sure and just hearing e- even um, friends aunts and uncles getting married or um, older siblings and you you just hear a lot of things about that and and that's going to have a big influence uh, on on what your expectations are going to be right or wrong for what you're marriage is ultimately going to be, um, maybe better, maybe worse.
0: Yeah, it's tricky. Definitely. I think of times when I've been away for different schools or different environments, when I've been away from military and spending a lot of time together, we end up talking about our families. Sometimes someone will say something, they'll be like, that is absolutely how it should be, or this is what marriage is. And you're thinking, where did that come from? If you're not critical about the people you're around, it's really easy for me when I'm going away and I'm a different environment. Okay, this is clearly different, but sometimes the people that you work with, you can start hearing these thoughts about how marriage should be. And if you're not critical and thinking about it, say, hey, wait a minute, just because this group is all agreeing with that, they may not even all agree with it. And certainly if your spouse isn't there agreeing with it, then that expectation is unshared.
1: Yes. and, And I think that God gives us a lot of freedom in marriage to express him and reflect him to the world. We've talked before about just the the concept of marriage can in some ways really reflect the Trinity because God is three and one and a couple is two people, but that one marriage unit. These expressions of God are are going to be very different. And you can have a Christian marriage, a holy marriage, a thriving marriage um, in very different context with different things in place, but that that honors God. It's just important to have those fundamentals in place.
0: Yeah, you just have to know where those expectations coming from. And then one of my favorites, too, is, of course, media like television shows.
1: Oh, you don't want to base your expectations of marriage um, or singleness or really much of anything off of media and TV shows and movies that that's just going to get you in trouble.
0: Wait a minute. You're telling me that every conflict can't be resolved in 55 minutes with commercials?
1: Shockingly not, especially those legal dramas, right? It's like, hey, the, that series Sex and the City, so amusing, but you don't want to live into that because they've got different ideas and they've got writers that just make everything all work out in the end. And that's not always the so for life.
0: Well, they also get to do retakes. They can, they can, they can have that argument five or six times and whichever one comes out the best they do. We've seen this, I mean, Instagram whatever different social media and stuff. There's so many ideas that we'll get from TV shows, movies, media, and whatever. And those can be unshared expectations as well. Even just in this little conversation, we're joking around about, I did not watch Gilmore Girls. That's not something that I know you and Brenda really enjoyed watching it. So any expectation that could have developed out of watching something like that, it's not going to be shared because I have no idea what you're talking about. You said Rory's friend was Korean. I didn't know that until you just told me that. Those are unshared expectations, and don't
1: worry, babe. Because see, I I, I won't voice these things because I, <laughs> I, we don't we don't want to bother you with that kind of deal. But yes, you're absolutely right. You had talked about you know being critical when you're getting some of these influences, just again from friends, from from TV shows and movies and, and things like that. And I think critical, not that you're trying to be out there and be down on on things that are out there, but just the concept of critical thinking, which I think we've gotten as a culture away from, um, that it's just kind of like, well, does that really match up? Does that really make sense? Just really thinking it through, is that really how it should be? Because really what we should be comparing things to is what does scripture tell
0: us? And that's a good point. We'll get into that again in a little bit as well, because that's huge. But yeah, critical, not meaning all these all these opinions are bad or these expectations are bad, but thinking through where does this come from and bouncing again, taking every thought captive as Paul tells us in Romans, we got to take every thought captive, including our expectations in marriage. And then perhaps the most dangerous or most pernicious one is these unreasonable expectations. I mean, that can get really squirrely if you expect something and it's just not possible going out and changing the tire without a jack. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. But theres we have expectations that just aren't reasonable. We can't expect that. So this is one that you and I had to work through in the past few months as well, was trying to figure out dinner. Because so often, especially with the COVID pandemic, you've been doing a lot of your legal work from home. Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's true. So for me, my expectation unreasonable, hey, you're home, you're available to do home stuff. And even it's like, okay, for dinner, you're when I say, since I'm cooking dinner um often while you're working, when I say, hey, oh, it's such and such a time. It's time for dinner. That's not a reasonable expectation. We had to talk about, say, hey, you're gonna come out to dinner. We're gonna have dinner as a family. That's an expectation that we've set from the from the beginning. Uh-huh. But I can't just expect you to be in the middle of an email. As soon as I say, hey, dinner's ready, you should be here. That's an unreasonable expectation. And I'm speaking a little more harshly than it came came out. But I was thinking, it's like, hey, Jen, what's taking you so long? And so we had to have that conversation to give you a little bit more leeway to say, hey, dinner's gonna be ready in such and such a time or hey, I'm calling the kids up to set the table so you know you've got, I've got two or three minutes to wrap up this last thing so that I can go have dinner with my family.
1: Oh, certainly. And sometimes too, it, it, as you know, sometimes it's something where it's like, goodness, I'm I'm trying to comfort um, a, a husband or a wife whose spouse just passed away and they're, they're trying to talk things through with me um, for the estate. And I need to be mindful of you know dinner, although that's not going to be ready at exactly the same time every evening. Although we're we're trying to k- kind of keep to a bit of that schedule, but uh, just having the the understanding and the compassion of you know Jen might need to take a little bit of extra time with this uh, this individual because they've just experienced the the death of a spouse.
0: Absolutely. And another thing, though, that I think also unreasonable expectations that I think a lot of couples fall into. Oh, what's that? Making their spouse an idol. Oh, trying to get. Your identity your purpose, your security from your spouse rather than from God.
1: And that's a big problem because, of course, there's there's always going to be things that only God can fill and only be to us. And, and of course, you don't want to do something that would make your spouse feel insecure, but your spouse can't be the sole uh, source of your security because that should be in God. God should be your, your source of provision, but obviously we're working to earn a living too.
0: My core identity is who I am in Christ. Mm-hmm. An aspect of that is being your husband, which I enjoy quite a lot, by the way. Oh,
1: likewise. Thank you.
0: But my core identity is in Christ, and I've got to look to God for that. You can't be God. You are an amazing, awesome lawyer. You're a wonderful mom and the best wife ever. Thanks, babe. But you really are really bad at being God.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a lousy Jesus (laughs) and always (laughs) will be. So can't can't look to me for that, my friend.
0: Unfortunately, a lot of us, especially the way... Romance and love is betrayed in stories and books and movies and things like that. People find this identity and this this myth of the soul mate and all these things that their identity comes from the relationships that they're in, and that's that's idolatry
1: or status from a relationship. It, it, it's just yeah. I think that some of that can be what what are the things that can be idols? What do they they uh, falsely? seem to say that they'd be able to provide, but that they, they can never do it
0: exactly, exactly. So how do we deal with these expectations?
1: You know I, I I think that the way that that works out is initially you'd have to identify what is that expectation because I know that I've had some things pop up where it's like gosh i'm I'm upset about this. And I'm not exactly sure why. So I've got to kind of put my finger on it and kind of figure out, you know, what triggered this, what got me upset. And then I wouldn't be storming over to you and saying, oh, my goodness, Brian, you know, you really messed this up. I've got to kind of take a step back and say, goodness, what upset me and then kind of share with you hey, this really upset me and this is problematic, but then you shouldn't be snapping back at me that I shouldn't be upset. You should be listening at that point in time too to just f- figure out at that point in time, what's converging is my expectations that weren't met and then we're trying to talk about it and you might then have some expectations right, that weren't right. met, right? Well,
0: expectations. I like to think of expectations like your big toe. Now go with me on this, all right? So, toe. Ex- Like your big toe you never really think about your big toe. It's just there. It does its job Mm -hmm. and it's really good at doing its job until you stub your big toe. Then the only thing you can think about is your big toe because it hurts. Truth. (laughs) And it no longer does the job. So expectations, I mean, don't think about them. They're just there until it gets stepped on. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden that hurts a lot. And so we got absolutely got to identify the expectation. Um, But I would propose that before we even talk to each other about it, we should figure out why it's been unmet,
1: oh okay, so we'd we'd then be kind of figuring out why it was unmet what what didn't happen right
0: exactly I mean, is this an unvoiced unshared or unreasonable expectation I, I think that's important because if it's just something that this could be something that I know we we share because we've talked about things before. So I know this value of making sure that something is happening in the home. We share the value on this, but we didn't talk about who was going to do this. I mean, this has happened before, right? Like, okay, who's going to pick up the kids? Who's going to, you know, if I thought you were, no, I thought you were. It Uh-oh. wasn't that- It was an unshared expectation that things should be done, but it was unvoiced and that we didn't know and said, hey, I got this or, hey, can you take care of it? So before we can even really go to each other and figure and discuss um, the expectation that wasn't met, we got to know why, because- It may be, I've got to come to you and apologize to you for being frustrated at you because you didn't do what I didn't tell you that I wanted you to do.
1: And it just seems like that spouse would have just worked themselves into a tither just for, and the other spouse would have just had no clue, no idea that that there was any kind of an issue at all, just because they didn't
0: know. They didn't know what they didn't know. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think once you've identified the expectation, determined why it was unmet, then that's when we discuss the expectation with you. And this is how we, we do it all the time between us, right? It's like, okay, now we've got to discuss this because if we don't discuss it, then we're just setting ourselves up to be hurt or frustrated or angry all over again. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so identify it determine why it was unmet, and then discuss the expectation. If you didn't get a chance to listen to our first podcast on conflict resolution, take a listen to that because we talk about how to have these conversations because oftentimes these are going to be conflict and conflict when handled in a healthy way is very good. And so we have to discuss these. And then together decide how we'll move forward. I think that that's
1: an important thing and I, I what's unfortunate is I had heard from a client at one juncture, well, you know, I just don't have any expectations so I won't be disappointed. But even then, it, she's going to have some expectations nevertheless, um even if she's kind of setting the uh the bar low there. So, um Dealing with these unexpectations is uh, is a, a very important thing to do so that you can make sure that this doesn't become a problem for your marriage. Something that Brian and I looked at when we were writing our book was that passage from uh, Song of Solomon that talks about catch the little foxes who uh, are ruining the vineyard. Back uh, in biblical times, certainly the Israelite people were viewing them as pests and it's going to be a lot easier to get this little baby pest out of there versus Absolutely. they grow into these full-blown huge animal foxes to, to weed those out.
0: Deal with the problems early. That's huge. And that's, I mean, that's why I put that in the foreword of the book because it gets, it gets dicey. Those things, those little foxes eat and eat and eat and they get big. And this idea of, oh, I just have no expectations, life doesn't work that
1: way. Truth. I, I think that's very true. So with the, the, uh, the unexpectations that you have, you know, what are, what are they? You know how how does that work for you? And then uh, realize too, the expectations are often going to be uh, normal and healthy, and your unmet expectations are very often going to be those that uh, are unvoiced uh, because they're not communicated, they're un- unshared because our presumed norms are going to be different. They come out of uh, sometimes they're they're going to be very unreasonable too. But it's important to to deal with those uh, unexpectations and and determine how you're going to go forward and go ahead and. And uh, identify that expectation, figure out why it was unmet, then discuss that expectation with your spouse and then determine how you're going to move forward in in handling that issue and, and hopefully be able to minimize that kind of conflict on a going forward basis.
0: We have another opportunity for you to help your marriage thrive. We are hosting a special intensive marriage retreat at the beautiful Richard Bush Renewal Center in Michigan. This is an opportunity for us to spend time with you personally, developing the skills that will help your marriage thrive. We'll talk about enhancing communication skills, conflict resolution, and building intimacy in your marriage. As an added bonus, podcast listeners will receive a 10% discount. All you have to do is mention the Operation Thriving Marriage podcast when you register. This retreat is limited to only nine couples, so make sure you register soon. For more information, contact us at our website, OperationThrivingMarriage.com. We look forward to meeting you in person.